Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. We stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Baker takes the snap. Rolls right. Throws down the middle. And Joku's got it. 520, 50, 10, 5, touchdown. Nick Chubb. Odell Beckham Jr. 89-yard touchdown. Miles Garrett did it, Doug. Around the horn he came. Rang the bell and said, Fires, it's caught, Lambry, touchdown! Here's Mayfield, back to pass, he throws, right corner of the end zone, touchdown! They got it, it's Landry again! Nation. Um, it's with great sadness today to report the absolute destructiveness that the Pittsburgh Steelers caused on the Cleveland Browns this past Sunday. And we are here to talk about it. And I yes, want everybody. Yes, we're looking at you, all of the one to two people that fucking comment about the goddamn Steelers every week on this show. Guess what? Here, you get your bragging rights. I'm going to warn everybody oh right now, God. this podcast will probably be not safe for work and will contain strong language, so you have been warned now. All right, Jace, tee it off. Where the fuck do we begin? Please, no, please, I'm asking, tell me where. Well, we can start with Baker's pick six. We're going to start, all right, we're going to start with this. We're going to start with unpopular opinion time. Okay. People are going to blame Baker for a lot of what the hell happened this past Sunday. Sure. I am an, while I do have to agree with his play was not good at all. Mm-hmm. People, you've got to keep in mind the fact that he went into this game not healthy and this was yeah. more on the fault of the coaching staff than anything else because Baker should not have played with the injuries that he had going into this game against the Steelers. Well, no, not only that. After suffering them from a Colts defense that put a good hurting on him. Well, Case Keenum should have started number one. Number two, the line picked a very bad game to have a bad game, especially since Baker was already hurting and they already put him in further danger by not protecting him properly. 
there is nothing we can do about that. I mean, it's no. just everything went, that could go wrong this game went wrong this game. I mean, I'm not going to sit about here and the say only thing that didn't go about the only thing that didn't go wrong this game is that Chubb wasn't knocked out this game, and that's because he's already on the fucking injured list. Yeah, well, that's not to say if Case Keenum would have started this game that this game would have gone differently because I don't think it would have. I don't think that Case Keenum would have turned to the tide and made this a competitive game. They were outplayed on every facet of the ball, more than just the quarterback situation. What we need – what we are going to need to happen come the second meeting between these teams Mm -hmm. is we are going to need – Full health. If we are going to have yeah. any sort of chance against the Ravens and the Steelers the rest of the season, we need to be at a hundred percent health. Otherwise, guess what? We're fucked. That's an understatement. Because we can't beat people in your division. They've always said, I think, that in order to be a competitive playoff team or even be in the hunt, you have to win at least three games in your division. You have to go 500 in your division, I mean, and the Browns are already 1-2. It's possible that we can still go 4-2. and two. It is. Yeah. It's just we're going to need that 100% ready-to-go team going into the next matchup against the Steelers and against the Ravens. That is going to be our biggest issue. We cannot well. seem to stay healthy for fuck all. Well, I would love once to play the Ravens or, Ravens or Steelers at 100% health. I would love it because it just seems like every time we play one of those two teams, we are never healthy coming into that game. They usually are, except for the Steelers last year with Mason Rudolph over, over Ben, but it just seems like every time they're healthy and we're not. Oh, I agree. Oh, hey, Mike, guess what? Uh, bring in a special guest real quick. Uh, sure. Get his opinion on the game. Shoot. Sure. in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> What's up, Mike? What's up, Josh? All right, guys. This is our buddy Josh. Uh, my one of my best friends, been my roommate for years at this point. Me and him are just as equally invested in the Browns this season as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Let's hear your opinion real quick on what happened. Screw the pooch. I mean, what do you want to say? Um, yeah. We were beat. We part of the ball. Uh, our running game isn't what it was since we lost Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, here in a couple weeks, we'll have him back after the bye. And we basically need to flip it. We need to go in next time we meet Pittsburgh and do what we did to them first game last year. Yeah. Beat them all four quarters, both sides of the ball. Oh, we talking about the first game last season? Yeah. Wasn't the first game last season uh, against Pittsburgh where helmet. we had the helmet issue? Yeah, game yeah, in the time. I don't think I won. Um, I don't think we won. won at that point. But I don't think we won uh, Garrett suspended again. No, but well, minus that I'm part, sure. of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. We need to play four quarter ball. I mean, and not a big six. Well, yeah, you can't open the opening drive up after they go up and put three points up and play a freaking uh, ball right in the guy's freaking uh, hands for a pick six. You can't do it. And uh, with those issues, I'm going to attest that that is our offensive line just pick a like you said a really bad time to shit the bed 
Well, I mean, if you're going to pick a game to shit the bet on, I mean, why is it always got to be against Pittsburgh or Baltimore? Do it against a fucking team that's not in your division for once. Don't do it against the two teams that you have to beat in order to stay competitive. And the Browns do this every goddamn year, and it's starting to get very frustrating. Well, all right, so – with this, with this upcoming week, anyway, we've got a couple of good matchups, mm-hmm. at least from the both the Browns and the Steelers. The Browns can redeem themselves a, a little bit, maybe, against the Bengals. Better. Pittsburgh is getting their matchup against Tennessee. Finally, that game, I am going to yeah. Hawkeye almost every second of the game because of the fact that it is a battle of two of the last undefeated teams in the league this season going up against each other. Well, I wouldn't have thought to start the year the Titans and the Steelers were going to be the two undefeated teams this deep. I don't think a lot of people were expecting that. I think think me and you both had the same prediction that Ben Roethlisberger was probably on his way out after this season. So it retirement. So it appeared, but it just seems to me like I almost feel like that maybe this might be his last hurrah. He's trying to go out with a bang, and he's playing with like it. He's playing with a purpose this year, and I think that he's just looking for that big finale. And now, you know, a lot of people had said, "Are the Steelers going to be contender Super Bowl?" I thought no, but now I'm getting a little bit worried that that might actually be true. You see, here's the thing, though: the Steelers, as much as I despise everything about Pittsburgh nope. and the Steelers nope. because I, again, going into hockey now, I fucking despise the Penguins with a passion, mm-hmm. sure. but I can't okay. deny they're a good team. No, I despise the Steelers with a passion, but I can't deny the fact they are a great team. Well, I think both of us can admit that the Steelers are heading for a rebuild. It's coming. There's no question about it. Well, here's the thing, though. They don't really have much that they're going to need to rebuild once Roethlisberger retires. What they're going to need at that point is a quarterback. Which they don't so have most of their right core, now. Most of their core team is probably going to be back still once Roethlisberger retires. It's quite possible. I mean, if they keep That's that defense the intact. That's got to keep in mind. That's the thing that is fucking scary to think about is that they may lose Big Ben. But guess what? Here are 51 other guys ready to go. That's a sad truth. It's not not good because, I mean, I I, I still firmly believe that the the Browns and the Bengals could be the future of this division, but the Steelers just seem like they're always there. Thank you for mentioning that because this leads up to discussion time for me at least. Okay. Before we start going into the stat lines. All right. Discussion time. Well, yes, I agree that the Browns and the Bengals have the potential to be the teams that could lead our division into better times as well. Mm-hmm. The Bengals might have the one-up on us right now only because they have someone that looks like they could be an actual franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean. As much as I love Baker Mayfield's play style, as much as I love 
his confidence, his swagger, every, a lot of what he's doing. I don't know if he's really is going to be our answer. The only this, the rest of this season, yeah. the rest of this season to me is going to be the true test for him because if yeah. he doesn't play up to the standards that you know we of Cleveland are expecting, mm-hmm. do you really think that the Haslam's are going to say, sure, let's pick up his fifth-year option. Well, there's only one good legitimate excuse I could make for Baker in this situation because, as you know, after Sunday, I was feeling pretty cold on him, seeing a lot of same mistakes being made and not getting them fixed. But the one argument that can be had and for the him more is, I thought about it, yeah. He's had four head coaches in three years. and I, I will agree with that. That hurts a quarterback's development. And if Joe Burrow is lucky, he'll have the same head coach because the coach they have now is young. He's a new coach. Um, and, that, and that hurts Baker's development because when you have four different playbook systems in three years, it's hard to find consistency. And, and that's been his biggest issue is, is finding consistency. You see, this is what I love about Stefanski, though, and why I think he could be our coach for years to come. Mm-hmm is the fact that right after that game, he's stated, and pretty firmly at that, that minus Baker Mayfield being unable to play at a competitive level, mm-hmm. he's going to be our QB1 regardless. Yeah, I mean, he's standing by he's him. Going and- to, like, he's going to stand by him the rest of the season, mm-hmm. no matter what, which I do like about Stefanski yeah. because of the fact, like, even though, because at this point of the season, like, even obviously with him injured, but with him not having the greatest of games, him throwing multiple picks yet again this game, mm-hmm. a lot of other coaches that we obviously that we've had would have been like, all right, dump him. Let's move on to the next one. Well, Browns coaches in past have done that, and we see how that's worked out. Um, We've jumped ship on too many quarterbacks. I look at the Browns quarterback history. There are probably guys that could have worked out if we would have worked with them and stuck with them and probably could have been decent quarterbacks. But the the problem is there was always a rush that they got to compete now. They got to compete now. If not, we move on. We move on. Sometimes it takes two or three years to develop a guy properly. And I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield's going to be that guy, but <laughs> we should play it out and see if that does happen because we could, again, miss the, miss the train if we're not careful. I agree. But at the same time, this is also his third season now, and he's had more stability this season than he's had in previous seasons Yeah, with a head coach that actually seems to know what the fuck he's doing. Mm-hmm. Hence why we actually have a winning record right now. Mm-hmm. But we're still seeing the same issues from his rookie year now. Mm-hmm. We're still seeing the same issues that he had under Kitchens last year as we're seeing now. I mean, the argument with could, his play style. The argument can be had. If you look at the Ravens and Steelers' performance, the argument can be had that 
again, Stefanski is still a rookie head coach. And there's no question about it. He's going to be a hell of a coach, and he's going to be in a Cleveland Browns, you know, coaching uniform for a long time to come because he is the answer. I feel like he is the guy to coach oh, this I team. Hope so. I, mm-hmm. I really do hope so. I want Stefanski to be like a Bill Belichick for the Browns. Sure. I really hope that. Obviously not the same exact way, but in the sense that the Patriots have had the stability of coaching for so long mm-hmm. with Belichick. Right. I mean, they're on what? Their 21st season now with Belichick as their head coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. We need that same sort of stability, at least in the coaching department, first and foremost. Well, when it comes to sports, consistency is everything. And without it, you're not going to have a good team. You Try to find one team that's been good without consistency. You won't find one. Exactly. All right. So we'll go into more of the discussion about this later, folks, after we get done going through the stat lines yeah, of this game. Um, and then we will go ahead and get more into the discussion there because there's a couple of different options that I want to talk about just in case, you know, the Haslam's and the Browns organization decide maybe Baker Mayfield isn't the quarterback of the future for us. Let's hope that doesn't happen, but it's worth a discussion because it might be a realistic possibility. All right, okay. so let's get into the Browns game today. Oh, boy, the stat lines are not pretty at all. What really just irks me on this is the fact that between Mayfield and Keenum, a total of 28 passing attempts the entire game. Mm-mm-mm with Mayfield throwing for or completing 10 of 18 throws for 119 yards with one touchdown, two interceptions, one of them being that pick six on the opening drive. Yeah. Both his picks were not, were not good looking picks at all. He actually could have had three if it weren't for a pass interference play on Odell for Odell near the end zone. Um, I don't know when Baker's going to clean up this interception act because it's getting carried away. I mean, he's almost averaging two picks a game. This has got to change. And it's got to change now. Thing that, though, he had improved on that. He had improved on that. He had for a good, a good little stretch there. A couple of weeks before last week. Yeah. But we're right back couple, to it again. What was it, two games in a row that he hadn't thrown anything? He threw no picks against and the Redskins or the Cowboys. And we were seeing what looked like great improvements there. Mm-hmm. One but nasty pick happened? against Indianapolis and then two here. It's just, it's unbearable to watch at times. Well, the issues with Baker that go back to last year – that I, was, that I was telling you about on, on Sunday a little bit was the overthrowing. He is still overthrowing receivers, and I don't know what is going on with that. I mean, I know sometimes he gets a little frantic when the pocket collapses. Any quarterback would, a lot of them would. But it's something he's not <laughs> adjusting to. And somebody made a point. I forget who made it. I think it was on ESPN. They said, why doesn't Baker, in order to avoid the overthrows and the quick throws, 
take a couple extra steps back out of the pocket to give himself more time and to see over linemen versus staying contained in that bubble and having to look over to over defenders instead of just not, you know, having the time. Uh, I agree. And I, I, that's something he needs to improve on mm-hmm. before the end of the season. He needs to vastly improve on that yep. or he could be looking, he could be looking at the inside from, out of the organization at that point. Well, I hate to say it, but if Baker continues this kind of play, he's going to be just a glorified backup the rest of his career. He better clean it up and better clean it up fast. Exactly. We, I don't, I hate ever making this comparison because he is so much better than Johnny Manziel. Oh God. Yeah. Are, are we, are we seeing a Johnny Manziel 2.0 here? Well, I mean, Johnny Manziel's biggest issue was overthrowing, and, and Baker is very very much in comparison to, to Manziel with, with that. Um, I don't know. You know, last year I made, the, I made the excuses for Baker that a lot of his problems were the line. Well, the Browns beefed up that line in the offseason. And the games we've seen the line be good, which has been every game really except for this one, Baker is still making some of those mistakes. So we can't just blame the line for all of it. Some of it is Baker's mistakes. We really can't. This is a lot of the issues that our team is having on the offense wise mm-hmm. is got to be mainly from Baker Mayfield Yep. and his inconsistent throwing. Mm-hmm. Something's going to give already, but, uh, I mean, Baker Baker is not being helped with Chubb being out either. With Chubb being gone, Kareem Hunt's still a good running back, but the run game is still suffering. I, Which, mean, the Browns... I mean, at least on the thankful side, at least on the thankful side here, uh, Chubb technically is eligible to come back per the new uh, agreements for this season. But he won't. This upcoming week against the Bengals he's technically eligible because they lowered it to a mandatory uh, minimum three weeks on Mm -hmm. the IR list for this year. Mm -hmm. But it's probably a Raiders comeback possibly, if even that. I don't, I don't think that's even a wise move. I think we should wait for the bye week, the game after our bye week. Yeah. That's uh, who they play after the bye week. Uh, let me pull up and see real quick. The game after our bye week is going to be against the Texans. And that's a home game. So, okay, the Texans are struggling right now. They fired their coach. Okay. That, I would think, is probably where you want to bring Chubb back in because yeah. it's going to be a little bit of an easier game. Wean him in. Being up against the Texans, and it'll give him a chance to come back into the fold maybe still not have him be the majority of our carries. Mm-hmm. Let Kareem Hunt still handle that. Right. But ease him back into playing. Well, I heard a bit of encouraging news uh, today. It was um, the Browns have one of the easiest schedules for the remaining of the season. The combined record of their uh, opponents. I heard differently. I heard differently. Well, their combined you record. They have you one. say they have one of the easiest? I think it is the easiest. Yeah, I was about to say they have the easiest by statistics. Mm-hmm. 
the easiest schedule remaining in the season. Combined record of 24 and 33. With more than a third of those wins coming from the Ravens and the Steelers. Yeah. So you got to like the Browns' chances. I mean, they got to beat the bad teams because if they can't beat the bad teams, they have no place to be in the playoffs. But here's the thing, though. If you want to actually make a case that you deserve to be there, mm -hmm. you have to beat the good teams as well. Well, that's true. I mean, that, that those games against the Cowboys and the Colts, those were games that were setups to like, okay, the Browns are beating some teams that have a good offense and the Colts who have a good defense. But then you go to Pittsburgh. Because look at the teams. Look at the teams that we faced, though. I mean, bad teams. The Bengals. Mm -hmm. Washington. As much as I hate to say it, Dallas, because they had the best offense in the Played league at that game. point. Yep. But they had one of the worst defenses. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a gimme game. Well, considering our offense was playing really well and Chubb was running with a, with, with a purpose going into that game, too. Yeah. And – then you've got the game against the Colts, one of the the best defense in the league at that point. Mm -hmm. Not the greatest offense. Yeah, but our defense is not that good. So it kind of evened itself out. But they're more of, even with Rivers there, they're still more turning into a running team mm -hmm. to try and make up for the fact that Rivers is old. True. But we could make the and same case have, for the Steelers, and we though. Have proven, and we have proven time and time again, at least before this game, mm -hmm. that our run defense is one of our best strengths. It is. Surprisingly, our run defense is one of our strengths. But, but then you've got the games against the Ravens and the Steelers that we've got absolutely decimated in. We've gotten outscored by the Ravens and the Steelers so far by a combined 76 to 13. Mm. Not good. We can't no, score out of and, 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 and that's a big problem. But like you said, though, we're, we're making the case for, what, for the Browns beating these teams and, and, and why they beat them and stuff like that. But we can make the same case for the Steelers, though, because before the Browns, they played nobody. So they proved nothing. Even playing the Browns, I don't even think the Steelers still haven't proved anything. This game against Tennessee, that might be the game that proves something. The, this game against Tennessee is going to be their proving game, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because this game, you can't really even say that this was a proving game for the fucking Steelers. I don't think it was. With how we played. With how we played number one and number two, we were not 100% healthy either. No. They were, and they showed it. Baker being being banged up, Chubb being out, some parts of our defense still not there. It played a part. Landry playing with a broken rib. Yeah, find that out too. Uh-huh. So we weren't 100%. So to me, hmm, the balance was a little out of our favor. I won't make excuses, but it was. Yeah. But, all right, so – Enough about that. Obviously, what we just discussed, Baker Mayfield, not the best stats, obviously, for passing. Case Keenum completed 50% of the passes for 46 yards. Yeah. Oh, we should mention, too, Baker Mayfield's quarterback rating was 5.5. 5. 
Oh, I did not even know that one. Yeah, 5.5. <laughs> there are Still no not words. the worst of the week, though. Still not the worst of the week, though. It's hard to imagine to, to have gotten worse. Who had who had uh, the worst? I have no idea, but I know I did hear that he still wasn't the worst out of the qualified quarterbacks. That's sad. Had to come from the Jets or the Giants. Uh, but our running game abysmal was, which has been our one of our biggest strengths. Mm-hmm. Just did not perform this week, and it, this game really showed just how much we are hurting without Chubb on the field. It's starting to show. It's not. It's not going the way I thought it was going to go. I thought Kareem Hunt was going to be able to carry the load, but I don't think that's. So you got Kareem Hunt, who thirteen carries. You figured that he'd be able to pick up more than forty yards. Oh yeah, you especially since he was only. Carries, he'd be able to average more than three point one yards yeah. per carry. I mean, Dontrell Hilliard had four carries and was averaging seven. Yeah. Had nine less carries. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. Kareem Hunt just did not have a good game. I mean, even receiving, he only had two receptions for 17 yards. So, he really didn't play a factor at all. No, he didn't. But then uh, our receiving game here. I mean, Austin Hooper led the team with five receptions for 52 yards. Yeah, and he's actually even out for tomorrow's game. And Njoku's getting the start. Which is fine. I'm okay with that. Well, it gives Njoku a chance to prove himself again. But I don't know if you heard this too, but I've been hearing rumors, whispers in the wind here that Njoku's asking for another trade. That's what I heard too. But then it came out that a Cleveland reporter may have lied about the story. Well, let's hope that's the case because so, I don't know. We don't need that imbalance on the team. No, no. And I don't know why all of a sudden he want to trade again. I mean, Spansky's tried to utilize him where he can. I mean, even Austin Hooper has been underutilized. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, Hooper's getting all the action and Joku's getting nothing. But yeah. Then we got Landry, three receptions for 40 yards. Yeah, the one impressive. that just disappointed me was Beckham, two receptions for 25 yards. Yeah, not a, existent factor yet again. And that's more on the that, – that, I think that's more on Mayfield just being hurt and then underperforming like hell this past week. Yeah, he was, he was, he was frantic, and he just didn't – it just didn't seem like he had much control over where he was throwing the ball. About the one big shining point that our – receiving game had this week was Richard Higgins getting the lone touchdown catch. <laughs> Richard Higgins, I think, has had a total of two or three receptions this season, and two of those have been touchdowns. Uh, that's been really the only shining point we had this week. Oh, yeah, he only scored one touchdown. And at that point, it looked like the Browns were going to – right at the end of the first half, and it looked like the Browns might – get back into the game because it was 24 to seven. They forced Pittsburgh to punt. The Browns had the ball at the 50 and they could have scored before half to make it a two possession game. They laid a goose egg. Didn't do that. They had an opportunity and they just, I don't know. 
I don't know either. And then mm. let's go into our defense here. I will say, I mean, E.J. Goodson, yet again, leading the team in tackles. He's been doing that quite a bit lately. Mm-hmm. Five tackles, four assists, and a half sack. Um, th- this Andrew uh, San- Sandejo thing, have you heard online people calling for his head? Really? Yeah, there was a petition they had going around. They want him off the team and never play in a brown in a Browns uniform again. And I, I can't really understand why. I, I'm not really seeing. I was about to say, do you know why they're saying that? I, I people, I guess, have been saying that he's been missing tackles. Now, I haven't noticed. I haven't noticed like any any of um, obvious missed tackles. Have you? I really haven't either. No, I mean to be honest with you, Joe Schobert last year missed a lot of tackles too, and people were still praising his name. So what's the difference here? Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I heard about AI, that. You can't you can't please everyone, so no, no unfortunately not. Uh, then Miles Garrett being another shining point this week on defense, at least had another three sack. tackles, one assist, and another sack. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's sack proving every game. why he's he's proving again and again why he's just barely missing being the sack leader for the season right now in the NFL. Yeah, he's second in, he, he's second in the NFL with uh with 7 and he's tied uh for second with FF. What stat is FF? Uh four fumbles. Okay, so he's got three of those. He's tied for second with those. So oh, yeah, because those three those three forced fumbles mm-hmm. have all been strip sacks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I I don't know. I mean, Miles Garrett. I mean, Miles Garrett is proving time and time again that he was so deserving of being the number one overall pick in his class. For once, a Browns number one pick minus Joe Thomas has actually worked out to live up to what he well, was drafted. Thomas at. wasn't a number one pick. He wasn't. Oh, yeah. No, he was taken in the first round. He was the the Browns' first pick during his draft class. Yeah, first round, but not first pick. Yeah. But still, I mean, he – I mean, obviously, Joe Thomas is going to go down as one of the best left tackles in NFL history. Yep. Miles Garrett is minus – minus the – helmet incident last season with Rudolph. Yeah. He's probably going to go down as one of the best defensive players in the NFL. He is so good. I look at the helmet situation in a way because you know what? It wasn't a great situation, but you know what? That is a picture that I'm going to have framed on my wall blown up because it happened to a fucking Pittsburgh Steeler, and that makes the moment that much richer. I yeah. can't help it. Can't help it. I mean, other than that, there really wasn't much else to talk about uh, defensively at all either. No, 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 no turnovers. Nothing of any any oh, any value whatsoever. So no, nothing at all. Pittsburgh stats, though. Really not much to talk about here with this. I mean, Parkey didn't get a chance to really do anything other than that lone PAT he made. Yep, yep. 
he's been having a great year. I, I will give Parky credit. He is having uh, – Well, he also hasn't year. missed a field goal yet, though, has he? No, the only one that, that goes down as a miss is the blocked field goal in the Dallas game, but that really wasn't his fault. So, no, he really hasn't yeah, missed a field goal. You can't really year. blame them for that. Mm-mm. So, no, he has not missed one all year yet. And then, real quick, for the, like, lone Steelers fan that we have out there, uh, Roethlisberger, 14 of 22 for 162 yards and one TD. I mean, it's not a monster game. Roethlisberger didn't have this magnificent game, but he did enough to put the Browns in the ground. Well, here's the thing about that, though. Their game plan – was to break our run defense, and guess what? They did that in spades. Yep, Connor's 101 yards on the ground. Connor with 20 carries and 101 yards on the ground with a TD. You've got Benny Snell Jr. with another TD. You've got Claypool that ran for seven yards, but another TD. Is this the first game since the Ravens game where the Browns have given up a hundred yard rusher. I think so. Wow. So I really can't be that angry. No, you really can't be angry with that. It's just was not something that obviously we wanted to see. Well, can we say that Chase Claypool is becoming the number one wide receiver in Pittsburgh? After the last two weeks, he's just making a statement in Pittsburgh right now. He is, and it's just giving Pittsburgh more weapons. Yet again, every time we think Pittsburgh is going down the tube, somehow, some way, they get lucky with some pick, and they find a future star, and it just, oh, it angers me so much. All right, give me one second here, because I'm going to look, go look up stuff for our ending discussion here. Oh, boy. Yeah, because not much else left really left to talk about this Pittsburgh game other than just, well, a shit show. So, oh. All right, so let's check here for quarterbacks. Pittsburgh 5-0. All right, so we've got a few different options here. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about now for in case the Browns decide not to pick up the fifth-year option on Mayfield's contract. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit here and discuss possible replacements. Okay. All right. Because give me, give, there give is obviously that chance. Mm-hmm. There's always a chance. Uh, sure. Three come to mind right away. Huh? Oh, I said, yeah, I said but that's for sure it's a chance. Do you think that we're going to look into drafting a quarterback, though, in the draft? Uh, I, I mean, if the Browns, you know, make the playoffs barely or they finish the year, you know, seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven or whatever, they're not going to have a high draft pick once they trade up. So, I mean, we have to think that if quarterback is an option and there's three or four good ones out there, they're probably going to be gone by the time they pick. So, I don't know. Because they're th- – Three picks of mine right now that are listed here for the 
free agency for next for coming up for next season mm-hmm. that are all unrestricted free agents should the teams not sign them. Okay, who are they? Jacoby Brissett. Okay. Philip Rivers. You can get you can give that look as much as you want, but he's still a high possibility. So we'll make an actual fourth one here. Yeah. Who was Possibly. the other one? Who was Rivers, Brissett, and who else was the other one? Dak Prescott. Oh, Dallas man. has okay. not given him an extension yet. Okay. So if th- Prescott th- doesn't sign by the end of this season, yeah. he is an unrestricted free agent. Okay. If, now, that's a real th- that's hits, a good scenario. If he hits the market after this season with no contract from Dallas, mm-hmm. he is probably going to be the highest valued free agent pick coming up, no matter what. And the Browns have the salary cap to pay him. Exactly. And if they don't re-sign Baker, that, that, that saves money right there because the only one they've re-signed to a full contract at this point is Miles Garrett. So, okay. So now let's talk about how realistic that could be, though. Realistically, no. I'm not going to hold on to hope for that. Yeah, because chances are Dallas is going to re-sign him. I don't see them not. I mean, he is a great quarterback, and why would they let him go? So we're going to put that on the highly unlikely uh, end of it. Be great, but no. I put that on the highly unlikely end of it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking at his calculated market value right now. Yeah. Uh, for free for this upcoming free agency, should it happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, market value is a 37.8 million dollar annual salary. Ooh. Five years with a 189 million dollar contract. Yeah, it would be very, very, very expensive. Uh, yeah. But again, it's one of those like the they... Browns have the salary cap space to do it. Yeah. And mind you, this is all, this is all if, only if Baker does not finish the season strong. But, um, yeah, I mean, that would be my number one choice if we had an option, if, if it came to that. Philip Rivers thing, I mean, okay, yeah, he's a veteran. He's a guy you probably could rely on, but he's only going to be a short-term answer. Uh, is he good enough to win you a Super Bowl? I don't think so. And there's a couple other options I want to talk about, too, that you never know if they could work out or not, but they might be of some value to us. Okay, who? Mitchell Trubisky. I mean – Okay, the case to be had for Mitchell Trubisky that he's had a bad shake because, I don't know, I can't say Chicago's a bad team because, I mean, what are they right now? Four and two, five and one? And Foles has helped that? Hmm. The Chicago Bears are five and one right now. Yeah, and that's mainly been because of 
uh, other factors and that Nick Foles is in there now. I'm not saying Nick Foles is the reason why they're winning, but I don't know. That That's a tough one because Trubisky has been having a rough couple years. It could just be not the right fit where he is. It's possible. And maybe coming to the Browns might be that right fit. Who knows? Um, I mean, I'd put that on the list as I'd consider it. And then there, as much as I know that I'm going to get flack for this because I know that the chances of this are so astronomically low yeah, that it's just not really a viable option, but the same case could be made for a potential chance. Okay. A trade at the end of the season to pick, give – Drew Brees to the Browns. Well, you're really reaching there. I mean, okay. So let's say the Browns. How much longer? How much before you go on, Mike, how much longer do you think New Orleans is going to give Drew Brees before they're like he before they're going, he's getting too old. We cannot on good faith keep him on the team i mean that is a possibility i mean i could i I could see (laughs) the saints possibly moving on after this season because they keep coming up short of the super bowl and they and they and they don't finish in the playoffs okay we can say that if the browns pull that off somehow some way we have to ask two questions a what do you have to give up and b with the talent, if they keep the talent that's around without having to give up, give up any big names, would the talent they have around Drew Brees be enough to win them a championship if they did this? You have a quarterback of Drew Brees' caliber. Who's aging. Jarvis Landry and OBJ. You've got Austin Hooper under contract. Mm-hmm. You've got Najoku. Right. You've got a lot of good threats on the receiving end we've got an offensive line barring this past week that has vastly improved over what we've seen since joe thomas retired okay i mean that's a good argument but now if we go back to how many of those guys you just mentioned are still going to be on the team because a lot of those guys might have to be involved in the trade to make it happen that's what I'm going to be looking up right now real quick. I take it as that was your phone. That is my phone. Three needs that the Saints still need to address after the 2020 NFL draft. So this is obviously from the end of April. Mm-hmm but these are still possible needs that they could need to have in order to make this trade happen. One of the biggest things that I am seeing seeing is linebacker. Okay. We don't really have any good linebackers right now, though. Another one, cornerback. That would involve getting rid of Denzel Ward. 
or possibly a trade involving Greedy Williams as well. Yeah, that's only if he gets out of his injury-prone state. It's still a chance, though. Hopefully, in the, and hopefully then, the Browns go both of them. This is the one that's going to hurt the most for me, at least. Hmm. Wide receiver. Well, now you're talking about either getting rid of Landry or OBJ. You can't obviously get rid of both. You, you, you have to get rid of one in that case. Uh, if we were to give away, hmm. say, a linebacker and a cornerback, along yeah. with a couple draft picks, we might be able to pull this trade off. Maybe. Maybe. Because even though the Saints need a wide receiver, I don't necessarily think that that's one of their highest priority needs, and they could manage with what they've got if they, you know, it depends on who they would get as their quarterback, but I think the Saints at this point would be in a rebuild if they got rid of Drew Brees. So that might not matter. Which, I mean, they have to look at it this way. They're going to be in a rebuild regardless mm-hmm. once That's Drew Brees retires. That's true. They're, they're headed for one regardless of how you look at it. I mean, it's a realistic scenario. Uh, it might be something to keep an eye on. If, obviously, if the possibility, obviously, the possibility is very, very low. Yeah, Let's and, be real here. Well, yeah. And, again, these are all hypotheticals only if Baker crumbles. You know, if he doesn't crumble, then we don't have to even worry about that being an option. But, yeah, I mean, it's something we could definitely keep an eye on. But it's getting that opinion out there. No, it's, it's a good opinion, and I think, it, I think it's realistic. I don't think it's that much of a stretch. But, like I said, this is all depending on whether or not the Browns decide to not pick up his fifth-year option at the end of the season. So it's right. usually always been for every rookie contract – that you've ever seen, it's mm-hmm. always been between years three and four in their contract. Well, I look and at this. Here's way. the biggest. Here's also the biggest factor that you've got to keep in mind mm-hmm. is that starting with the 2018 uh, draft, which was the class Baker was in, mm-hmm. with that new CBA agreement. The fifth-year option, should the team decide to pick them up, mm-hmm. is fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Would the Browns be willing? Baker Mayfield has to prove that he is worth the Browns fully guaranteeing a twenty-plus million-dollar contract for a fifth year. That is fully guaranteed money. Yeah. I look at the situation like this. If I really don't want to go down the road of going through the draft and finding a future quarterback again. So I look at it this way. I agree. I don't want to have to end up going through that either. Yeah. I look at the free agent options being the, being the biggest option if Baker falters because if I look ahead to the draft this year, the chances are the Browns will not be high enough. And if we look at the bad teams right now that will more than likely stay bad to the end of the year, let's look at how many of the those Jets, teams might be looking Giants. quarterbacks. The Jets aren't going to get rid of Darnold yet. 
Well, let's see. We'll, we'll discuss this right now. The Jets, the Giants, the entire NFC East. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But minus the Cowboys. I mean, let's be real here. Yeah, the Cowboys are the only team that's no, guaranteed to keep their too. quarterback. I, I mean, Carson Wentz. They haven't been able to. They haven't been able to. Do, they haven't been able to do anything in order to keep their quarterback that they have right now. Now, my question there has for you been is, no signing of an extension. Okay, my question for you is: since we asked the question about Mitchell Trubisky, if I'm trying to think how I want to ask this question. If if the Eagles decide to part ways with Carson Wentz, if you're the Browns, would you consider him? I in a heartbeat. Because I think that's a realistic scenario because the Eagles right now are faltering. In a heartbeat, I would consider him because if I'm not mistaken, wasn't when the Eagles got Carson Wentz originally, they the Browns had traded their pick to the Eagles in order to for the Eagles to grab Wentz. Yeah. Because in that position, the Browns probably would have drafted Carson Wentz to begin with. More than likely. And I look at Carson Wentz, and I'm looking at him struggling in Philly. I look at his style, and I think that his style would fit the Browns. It's a possibility. I won't disagree there. So if the Eagles continue to falter – I don't see the Eagles holding on to Wentz past this year. No, but all right, we're going into too many what if scenarios here now. Let's, uh, uh, let's obviously t- all just it on the chance that the Browns don't pick up the fifth year option on Mayfield, mm-hmm. which I can guarantee you if the Browns make the playoffs, not only is Mayfield going to end up getting that fifth year option picked up, Right. They're going to be talking about extensions at that point. There's no ifs, ands, sure. or buts because he would have been the quarterback that broke the curse. Well, yeah, that's that would have to happen in that situation. There would be no reason not to do that if that were the case. But, but anyway, we'll uh, is there anything else you wanted to add for this week or anything else to discuss? No, we could just uh, go into our uh, discussion or our predictions for the Bengals game tomorrow. Uh, I think the Browns are going to win. Uh, I think just about anybody is going to be agreeing with that. Yeah, I would certainly hope so. I believe that the score is – I believe that the score is going to be a little bit further away than it was last week, or mm-hmm. the la- not last week, but last game. Mm-hmm. I think the Browns are going to get back on track. They're going to score another 30-point game at least. Yeah, I can see that. I'm going to say that that final score is probably going to be something along the lines of Browns with 35, the Bengals with probably 17. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I definitely see the Browns scoring 30 this game because the Bengals' defense is just not good. And even without Chubb, I don't see the Browns faltering this week at all. I see the Browns coming out with a chip on their shoulder after last week, and they're going to want to make a statement to the NFL that, hey, this is not, that's not who we are, and we're going to go back to showing you what we are capable of doing. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to 
go with a 35 to 20 game and I'm only giving the, uh, the, the Bengals 20 points because I think they're going to score maybe a late touchdown in garbage time. So I think at that point it might be 35, 13, and then they'll make it 35, 20 for the final. Okay. It's not a bad prediction. Yeah. Hopefully that's the way it All goes. All right. But uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another edition of Dog Pound Nation. Hopefully this, after this week, we'll be able to come back to you with uh, another win. So I hope so. I can't stand another discussion like we had today because if that's what we're going to have the rest of the year to look forward to, you people better watch out for a lot of not safe for work podcasts because – Let's just not have that happen. No. All right. So I'm Jason Gabosik. Mike Wickler. And uh, go Browns. Go Browns.